Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with a slew of news involving China this morning. Let's start with economic data. The latest readings show expansion in China's services industry slowed in June. Bloomberg Markets editor Eddie Vanderwalt says the trend is troubling. This number is above 50, but it is terrible. So the weakness that we're seeing here, I think, will probably start to push the authorities to deliver a broad-based stimulus, which is something we haven't seen. Stimulus we've seen so far has really been targeted on the property sector. So it needs to be a little bit more broad-based. Bloomberg's Eddie Vanderwall notes the Taishin China Services PMI declined to 53.9, down from 57.1 in May. Meantime, Nathan, supply chain issues tied to geopolitics are also in focus. It's been a common theme when it comes to U.S.-China relations. Now, Chinese President Xi Jinping is calling on the world to turn away from decoupling and reconsidering supply chains. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has details from Hong Kong. It's ironic the impassioned call came a day after China itself imposed limits on exports of two key metals. These are minerals used to make advanced semiconductors. President Xi told the Shanghai Cooperation Organization that China wants to work with nations to reject the setting up of barriers. It also comes a day after the Chinese government postponed a trip to Beijing by Europe's top diplomat, Josef Burrell. No reason was given for the postponement. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Brian, thanks. We have more details on that restriction of metal exports from China. Beijing says exports for two metals crucial to make semiconductors must now apply for licenses to ship them out of the country. Analysts say the impact on the U.S. tech sector depends on the current stockpile levels of these metals that companies have on hand. But if the restrictions drag on, prices will likely go up. And that's not all. When it comes to the U.S. and China butting heads on tech, Nathan, it appears the White House is planning another round of fresh restrictions on Beijing. Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us now with the details. John, good morning. And Karen, the Biden administration preparing to tighten export controls. And this time, the focus is on cloud computing services like those provided by Amazon and Microsoft. The cloud's critical in training AI models. The Wall Street Journal says Washington may require cloud providers to get permission before they could do business with Chinese firms. The administration doesn't want China to get a leg up on the U.S. when it comes to artificial intelligence. Microsoft's Azure and Amazon Web Services are the global leaders in the business of providing Internet computing to enterprises. This would be an escalation of export controls from October when the U.S. said it would restrict sales of some artificial intelligence chips to China. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. There is some positive news out of China this morning. It involves Tesla, the EV maker's China output increased almost 20% in June, according to preliminary data from China's Passenger Car Association. Earlier this week, Tesla smashed estimates by setting a company record in quarterly sales. But in the uh, over, in the pre-market, Tesla shares are giving back just a bit. They're down four-tenths of 1%. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, we have a developing story in Washington. Multiple reports say the White House was briefly evacuated Sunday after the Secret Service discovered powder in a West Wing common area. Preliminary tests showed the substance was believed to be cocaine. President Biden was not at the White House Sunday evening. He was in Camp David for the weekend. And we also have news at the intersection of politics and social media, Karen. A federal judge in Louisiana has ordered key Biden administration officials and agencies not to contact social media platforms to suppress speakers and viewpoints they disagree with. The ruling could curtail efforts to combat misinformation about health and other issues. It comes after Louisiana and Missouri filed cases claiming the administration was silencing views that question COVID policies and the legitimacy of the 2020 election. 
Well, some breaking news this morning, Nathan, on labor negotiations between the Teamsters and UPS. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters says its negotiations with United Parcel Service have collapsed. They walked away from the bargaining table around 4 a.m. Eastern time. That increases the chances of a nationwide strike when the Teamsters contract with UPS expires at the end of this month. Karen, we're coming off an Independence Day that was hot and humid for much of the country. At the same time, we've reached another milestone in the global battle against climate change. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. Global temperatures hit a record high on Monday. The average worldwide temperature was 63 degrees Fahrenheit, topping the past high set in August of 2016. The National Centers for Environmental Prediction say the new high underscores the extremity of the 2023 summer in the Northern Hemisphere and brings into focus the slow pace of global progress on curbing emissions. And their estimates that the current El Nino phenomenon is set to push global temperatures still higher. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Turning to the markets now, we're seeing movement in the oil market this morning. Brent crude is weaker after a Tuesday rally that came on the heels of output cuts by Russia and Saudi Arabia. Traders are following commentary from Saudi's energy minister today when he addresses the 8th OPEC International Seminar in Vienna. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Philadelphia police say a suspected gunman will be in court today after five people were killed and two children injured when he opened fire, apparently at random across several city blocks with an AR-style rifle. Authorities say the gunman was wearing body armor and a ski mask. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney. I was today at City at uh, Independence Hall where they wrote that Constitution and the Second Amendment was never intended to protect this. There were also mass shootings in Baltimore and Fort Worth, Texas, ahead of the 4th of July holiday. Flights again were canceled or delayed yesterday in the U.S. as Americans begin to head home from the long weekend. United had its problems. Rain at Newark Airport caused flight delays last week. The flight schedule came unraveled due to weather at Newark. At least two more possible shark bites were reported off Long Island beaches. The 4th of July incident happened just today after another two cases were reported. One victim was swimming in chest-deep water when he was bitten on the right knee. Meanwhile, another swimmer was bitten on the hand off Fire Island Pines. Both men in their 40s were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The Israeli military says it has withdrawn its troops from a militant stronghold in the occupied West Bank. The pullout this morning in Janine ended an intense two-day operation that killed at least 12 Palestinians and drove thousands of people from their homes. An Israeli soldier was also killed. The head of the U.N. nuclear agency is in Japan this week as the country prepares to release wastewater from the damaged Fukushima nuclear plant. The International Atomic Energy Agency is trying to reassure people that the water release is safe. U.N. Nuclear Agency Chief Rafael Grossi says dumping the treated water would have, in his words, negligible environmental impact. The plan, as it has been proposed and devised, is in conformity with the agreed international standards. Local reports say utility operator TEPCO could start dumping wastewater as early as August. Cities across the nation held 4th of July fireworks shows in New York City. 
Crowds gathered along the East River last night for the Macy's Fireworks Show. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Bard. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. It's been such a surprisingly strong first half of the season for the Baltimore Orioles. A rather disappointing one for the Yankees. And yet, the Yanks win tonight and again tomorrow. They'll have tied the Orioles for second place in the AL East. Yanks had to come from behind win Monday night. Came back for a holiday matinee at the stadium and won 8-4. A big day for Glaber Torres. He always hits well versus Baltimore. Two-run homer before the first out of the first inning. He later doubled and scored him with the game tied at three. Torres, who's been at times criticized for lack of hustle, walked and scored all the way from first on a single. Mets at Arizona used the long ball. One-two to Marte. Swain, a high fly ball to left field. Carroll going back to the track. He turns, and it's gone. A three-run go-ahead home run for Starling Marte. About ten rows into the seats and left. On WCBS, also home runs for Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Alvarez. Mets beat the Diamondbacks 8-5. to five. Max Scherzer struck out nine and proved to 8-2. and two. Rough day for the L.A. Angels. They lost to San Diego. Shohei Otani gave up back-to-back home runs. Had to leave the game with a blister. And Mike Trout put on the injured list with a broken hand. He's going to miss at least a month, maybe two. The Padres released 43-year-old slugger Nelson Cruz. 464 career home runs. Only four players ever have hit more after the age of 29. Rain at Wimbledon, so the only matches completed were on the two courts that have a roof. Easy wins for the top seed, Carlos Alcarez, and 36-year-old Andy Murray, the defending champ, Elena Rabakina, needed three sets, but got by American Shelby Rogers. Novak Djokovic plays today, so does the women's top seed, Uga Siontek. John Stachelli, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We had a Taishin Services Purchasing Managers Index for the month of May that came in uh, quite a bit weaker than expected. 
And it comes as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen heads to China to try to find common economic ground with China. Let's get more on all this now in a roundtable discussion. We are joined by Bloomberg Opinion columnist Matthew Brooker and Rebecca Chung-Wilkins, Bloomberg's Asia government and politics correspondent. Good to speak with both of you. Let's start with you, Matthew. With these signs of weakness in the Chinese economy, what's the potential impact for the global economic outlook? Um, well, I'd say not good. I mean, I think the uh, the, the, re- the the restrictions that uh, China has put on these 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 uh, uh, export of metals that are used in semiconductors are not. Um, I mean, they're not disastrous. There are there are alternatives that that uh, that can be developed, but it, it's a, it's a, it's another sign of the. Uh, of uh, the amount of tension that's in the relationship at the moment, I think. Yeah, we are seeing that tension uh, given the uh, export controls that you mentioned. And it seems like continuing signs as well from the Biden administration as almost a step-by-step move uh, to limit China's access to technology. Rebecca, let's bring you in on this here because we're uh, waiting for Treasury Secretary Yellen to head to China to try to reset the Chinese relationship to some extent. But when we have these moves happening, is it possible to have a reset? Yeah, it's certainly going to be a challenge for Yellen. Obviously, it's positive that the trip is going ahead and this sort of ability to, you know, disagree together and still have these open lines of communications at the top level is somewhat, uh, at least a somewhat, present somewhat of a thaw. Um, at least they're speaking. At the same time, obviously, we see now both China showing this new willingness to push back against what it sees as containment efforts in those ways that Matthew points to. But the US also now reportedly considers considering uh, curbing Chinese companies' access to cloud computing services for anything that pertains to AI chips. So, again, closing closing that loophole. So, you know, with Beijing and the U.S. both kind of ratcheting up um, these policies, it's hard to see any big sort of significant detente or agreement coming out of Yellen's visit. Is there a dot to connect here, Matthew, with the Biden administration's moves to limit access uh, by China to technology and now the economic impact here? Um, I, I mean, I feel there's there's a there's a kind of a tit for tat game going on here. I mean, if you look at the the tone of the discourse between China and the U.S. and the EU as well, um, there's a lot of talk, particularly I think from the Chinese side, about how um, cooperation is the only way forward, and that uh, decoupling isn't going to work. We've got an independent world, and at the same time. Uh, you know, things like these export controls. I, I feel it, it looks to me like, you know, they're kind of trying to say, send a signal. We, what, we, what we should be doing is cooperating. But, you know, if you're going to restrict our access to things that damage our economy, then we have the same tools available to us. What is the potential economic impact to China put, for putting on these export controls, Rebecca? Is is the Chinese economy uh, insulated enough that it can withstand these kinds of export controls uh, without doing damage to its economy even further? Uh, 
Well, there are two sort of risks here. The first is immediate. And um, the risk is if China does cut off access to these two different metals, that it will just simply accelerate other countries' efforts to uh, find alternatives. And we have seen that happen before when China kind of ramped up its restriction on exports of um, rare earths previously. And, And simply what happened was it diminished its own market share in the world. Now, that takes some time to happen, you know, over a decade or more to fully move away from Uh, Chinese supplies of of rare earths and minerals and so on. Um, The other sort of consequence potentially economically is if the US then does respond in kind and we see a ratcheting up of this tit for tat that Matthew points to, that that longer term, you know, those restrictions to developing its strategic technology and so on, that does also hobble economic recovery more broadly. Um, So there's these two elements here. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.